lovely people. Welcome to Sex Stories, a podcast where we get details of people's most intimate lives. Today, my guest is named Raj. Raj, will you introduce yourself a little bit, please? Hi, I'm Raj. I'll be 30 and, and officially old in February. Okay. Um, so you're and, older than me. That's nice. Good. Uh, by, and, by two months. <laughs> and yeah, and so I'm living in Portland, Oregon. And Wiley and, actually, and I actually went to school together in, yep. back in the old uh, SC college days. So that was fun. Yep, yep. Yep. And yeah, so I'm up here in Portland and I, I work as an insurance analyst in my day job in insurance. And by night, I do comic book illustration for funsies. I'm not getting paid yet. And uh, also, I am an occasional filmmaker because it's hard to get people together and equipment together. And coordinate schedules and do that. So full-time filmmaker is what the goal is. Or And uh, yeah, just trying to live a creative life. So there you go. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's, uh, let's dive into some sexy stuff. Will you tell me a little bit about your background? Like, what do you remember about sex growing up? Like, where does it first enter your life? The Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, when, I was, when I was six... You know, uh, my favorite movie of all time was The Little Mermaid. Because that's too. all I had access That's really? all I had access to. And yeah, and I just remember like, okay, here's the thing. Redheads for me for a long time were like unicorns. Like I didn't think they existed because in India there aren't redheads. Mm. So I was, so my only reference to redheads were Little Mermaid. And then when I saw a real redhead, I was like, oh my God, it was like seeing Sasquatch. I was like, <laughs> they're real. You know, they're real redheads. But uh, also like, you know, that, that character design is oddly sexual. And it's, you know, when I was a kid, I felt very protective of Ariel. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first, that was like my first intro into like having those emotions. Mm-hmm. But as far as sex goes, it was completely ignored in the way I, the when I grew up. Um, because, you know, I'm, my ethnicity is, you know, Indian. And so we still, Primarily when I was growing up, at least. Uh, and this might be different now because you know, I'm, I'm kind of out of the culture for a bit. Mm-hmm. Since I'm technically an ex- expatriate, but um, it's, the values are primarily Victorian. So it was never addressed. <laughs> it was never really? talked about. It was like, it was something, yeah, zero, zilch. And it's really, it's interesting because we, we wrote the Kama Sutra. And it's like, <laughs> if you go to our temples, there's, there's sex acts on there that would make like anyone, that, that would make Hugh Hefner blush. And these are carved into relief to the point where when the British came over as imperialists, they tore that stuff down because, you know, their women were like fainting of embarrassment. So it's a, it's a weird dynamic. So it was never addressed. Um, and it was never addressed. Uh, I never got a sex talk. I mean, I, I just remember my dad once telling me, like, we don't do it unless we're married. And I was like, come on. There's one billion people where we live, where we come from. No, he's like, that's not part of our culture. I was like, are you serious? Like, there's one billion people where we can, nobody's having sex. Like, they're just popping out of the ground. Is that what's happening? But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. So it was kind of, um, it was kind of that. Um, in terms of my exposure to it, it was you know like I started having wet dreams when I was like ten or eleven, which is normal for guys. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite put it together, like, why that was happening to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I would just wake up and they'd be like, oh, no, why, am I, why do I have to change my PJs? Like, it was until, I remember when I was in seventh grade, I had a very particular wet dream where uh, I remember, and that's when it kind of clicked, where it was my, at that time, my seventh grade homeroom teacher, who at that time was in her 20s, 
I had a dream that she was sitting on my bed with her blouse open. And oh. like, I immediately like came. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, that's what this is. And so, you know, I can kind of just go into your question about masturbation. Is that, yeah, tell me. You know, that was, and I didn't know what was happening too, because, and this is true. When I started having erections for the first time, I literally thought I was dying. Like I thought I, cause nobody warned me about this. Like, you know, one minute you're sitting there watching justice league and then the next minute it's like, hello. And you're like, what, what, you're not supposed to like, be alive. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm in your life now. I don't know why my penis sounds like George Takei, but I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh my. Um, but it's, so yeah, I mean, it was, I was, about, I was actually about considering, I remember considering, calling a doctor like i was i was terrified and then but fortunately they showed a video in health class where they were like this is something that happens and i was like oh okay okay, okay. So and do you that, remember how old you were about 10 yeah i was about no i was in seventh grade at that seventh time. grade oh seventh grade okay right. great. yeah so and also it was like it, it was something that was i had no context for nobody warned me about any of this and on top of that with masturbation it was you know i didn't that kind of just kind of came into my life. There was no written, see what I did there came into my life. Um, <laughs> it just kind of happened because I would just kind of writhe around in bed until I could make it happen myself rather than waiting for a dream. Mm-hmm. So, with, with hands or like just like wiggling no. on the sheets or? Yeah, no, no hands. Like okay. at, to this point, I don't use hands because. Really? Yeah, because it's, uh, for me, it's a great way to get carpal tunnel. <gasps> I mean. Tell me. Because you would, what I, the way I, kind of taught myself to do it was that I would just whatever fantasy I have going like I just turn over on my stomach and then just use my hips mm-hmm. which which makes it more akin to the sex act mm-hmm. itself so um but when I was when I first started doing that um they for a number of years I think it was you know from like seventh and late middle school to early high school there was a lot of guilt that I had doing that because Mm-hmm. Um, and to the point where I, I was, I felt so guilty sometimes that I would almost tell my parents about it, but, but oh. I, but that's not a conversation I could have in with them at all. Yeah, right. Um, but it was something that I had a lot of guilt about to the point where either before, I can't remember the details of it, but I think either before or after masturbation, I would actually perform some sort of quasi religious ritual to absolve me of my guilt. Like, and so, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I wouldn't burn incense or like sacrifice an animal or anything, but like, it was where I would be like, I'd just lie there in the dark and be like, I'm sorry, <laughs> or like whatever. Mm. Um, and so it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely something that I had a lot of uh, anxiety and guilt over, but it was, and then I, when I got to like, I think it was either ninth or 10th grade. It might even have been eighth grade. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, no, it was, it was high school, actually. Yeah, it was ninth or 10th grade, where I, early ninth or 10th grade, where I realized, wait, everybody's doing this. Like, this is, this is normal. It's not something that, should, that you should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, did you and, have any friends that ever talked about it? Like, or how did no. you, you just kind of realized? Nope. I think, uh, I, think, I think maybe people had made jokes in locker rooms about it or something. And mm-hmm. I kind of just put it together, but it was, yeah, eventually I came around and I was like, oh, this is something that's healthy. It's something that's normal. It's part of, you know, adolescence. And since then it's been a roller coaster ride, but it's, uh, yeah. And, you know, I still do it like four, like three or four times a week at least, because it's also really great stress relief. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's something that, and you discover a lot about yourself too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's where that came from. And I can actually segue right into the sex ed question you had. Cause I think Go, yes, please. So our sex, I, I remember reading about, I'm uh, not reading, but like listening to your experiences with sex ed and, and I was surprised because, um, our sex ed was entirely fear-based. Like it was entirely fear-based. They talked about, you know, they were trying to have us be responsible mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I remember specifically, and you know, for us, health class was mandatory. Like we had to take it the first two years in high school. So I don't know if you can, you could have opted out of it or whatever, but, um, and most of the stuff they taught you was bullshit, but it would sex ed, they had a lady come in and they warned us about this. They were like, tomorrow we're having the STD talk. And I was like, okay. So they had a lady come in and she had extraordinarily graphic PowerPoint presentation of what happens when an STD really grabs hold of you. So she'd be like, here's a woman whose vagina has rotted because she has chlamydia. Oh my God. It was like a David Cronenberg level, like body horror show. And then she would warn us that she'd be like, okay, next up, there's a picture of a man whose penis has rotted and fallen off. And so, oh fell my in God. and click, and you know, and I couldn't take it. I was like, okay, I can't look at this. And she would say, like, you know, it's. I think she mentioned it was practical. It was okay to have. Uh, it's important to have safe sex. And she also said, you know, I was a, I was a teenage mom, and um, you know, be responsible. And abstinence is the only way that you can prevent these these horrible, horrible, deathly things from happening to you, uh, for certain. And then I asked her, like, well, what if I play with myself? And she was like, that's, that's cool. You're okay with that. Okay. 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 Uh, but I was like, okay, that's all right. But, but you see, the problem is that the takeaway from that, I know that they were trying to um, teach us to be responsible and have safe sex, but that's not the takeaway you remember. What you remember are those horrible photos. Yes. So that's what you automatically associate sex with. And it wasn't that I should be have a responsible sex life. It was I should never do this, otherwise right. I would die a leper's death. Yeah, and um, With no penis. And, and yeah, and also there was another video which was actually I can't, I can't believe like they did this. It was okay. So in Oregon, we have a place called Tillamook, and you probably know their ice cream and their dairy products. So really famous the cheese Tillamook. Uh, but, Tillamook yeah, cheese. Tillamook cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they really that. they opened a new facility recently, and uh, it's like. It's like, imagine Jurassic Park for cheese. Like, it's just this giant, like, thing. And like, there's a picture of a giant. dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could get, you know, you could get cholesterol and die. But, um, <laughs> but in any case, Tillamook is famous for cheese. But what they're also, but at that time that they showed us this video, it was also famous for having the highest teen pregnancy rate in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, so this video was, I think it was made either in the late aughts uh, or the early, or the late 90s or the early aughts, sorry. But um, it was all these teenagers like, you know, my name's Sandra and my boyfriend got me pregnant and now I have two kids and I'm 16 and I have babies and blah, 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 my life is over. And so they showed us that video. And so now you're getting one, your flesh will rot and you will end up looking like Gollum or two, your life is over and you are financially ruined and you will forever have spawn that'll be running around while you're trying to get your GED. Right. So, which I will point out is a very far cry from the super well-developed 16-year-old Ariel. Like it's just <laughs> like when you put those side by side. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's true. So what I wish now, what I, you know, as an adult looking back, I, I, I wish that what they had done 
Because that's just one part of the conversation. What I wish that they had done is have another video or a talk or have somebody come in and say, hey, look, we know that this is, this is one part of what it means to have a sex life. But, you know, we are a couple. We have a loving relationship. Here's how we made that happen. Here's the communication that we have. Here's the, yeah. kind of, here's the things that we work through. Here's the emotional component to it. And also, consent was never discussed. Never. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Never. And so, you know, I remember them talking about date rape drugs, but I was too innocent to know what that was because nobody ever, I've never asked right. anybody out, you know? So I had, I had zero sexual um, contact with anybody until I was 22. Okay. So, and it was not, and even in, even in college, like I remember <laughs> one time our roommates from downstairs came up and one of them was a girl and we shared a bottle of water. And she and I was like, ha, ha, ha. it's like we kissed. And she's like, do you want me to kiss you? I was like, sure. And then she kind of just gave me a little peck on the on the lips. And I was, and even by that, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, it was kind of that. Um, and there was also an attitude towards it too, because I I feel like, you know, being an immigrant, and I I hate harping on this because it's such a stupid, it's such a cliche, but there's always that feeling of otherness. Mm-hmm. And I, as a kid, I kind of had a, I mean, like my mom and I used to make fun of my friends who had, who were in relationships because it was, I was like, oh, look at those idiot kids, you know, that'll never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of developed this arrogance against romance. Like it was like, that's for them. That's not what you're here for. You're here to study and get good grades and get a job. I had that that's too. Your job. Yeah, I had exactly. That too for a long time. Except, yeah. Right. And, and it was like, uh, and, but the problem is that, when you, I didn't necessarily suppress it, but I ignored it because my path was clear in the other direction. You know, you go to school, you, you do your homework, you come back. It's a clear path mm-hmm. that you can travel. With sexuality, there's no clear path, or at least none was presented to us. Um, so I had, I had the opportunities to ignore that part of myself. But the problem, and, you know, I mean, I had crushes on girls and, you know, my prom date, I had a huge crush on. And, you know, we kind of talked about some stuff, but we never got into a relationship, because, mainly because she didn't really like me. But it was something that when you, when you ignore that part of yourself that's so primal, it manifests itself in other ways. And for me, it was like blinding rage. Like it's, there were times, there was two freshmen that would make out in front of my locker as a junior mm. every morning. It was like, get away from me (laughs) but you know i I wasn't violent or anything i was far from it because i had sports to for that outlet you know Mm -hmm, i did sports mm -hmm. my entire school career but yeah it was something that was never it was never discussed it never came up and i had other avenues with which i could distract myself and not have to confront that part of myself or what i was missing Mm -hmm. so yeah that that's been my experience with with all that so so what was it like then with that as a background coming into an actual sex life at age 22? Oh, I didn't have a sex life at age 22. I oh, kissed wait, a girl for the first time at age 22. Yeah. And then? Yeah. So, and it was like, you know, the, the girl I was crushing on throughout high school, she came back after college and we saw each other at the library and we kind of started hanging out. And then, you know, we finally kissed and I basically like saw through space and time. You know, I was like, I can see the fabric of the universe, you know. And uh, so we just we just made out heavily for like several weeks. And then she moved away and I never heard from her. So it was, and uh, from then till, you know, until I actually had my first sexual partner, it was 
kind of a dry spell. So it was, yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't lose my virginity until like my late twenties. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's well, that's where I was at. And do you want to tell us what that experience was like? It was terrifying. Um, mostly because I was afraid that, you know, of course, like most people, I'd seen a lot of instructional videos. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was terrifying because I'm, I was terrified that I would not be able to be a giving partner. And, uh, and spoiler alert, I wasn't because it was all over in like 10 minutes. And I thought that, you know, yay, uh, I, I guess something happened. But, you know, what I, what I realized over the course of my experiences is that just like it takes time to get to know someone emotionally, it takes time to get to know their bodies as well. And it wasn't something that we uh, really had a discussion about, but it was something that, you know, as we, be- as you get more familiar with whoever you're with, um, it, it becomes easier to navigate and, you know, read what they, what they want. I mean, I, I don't know who it was. I don't know if I read this somewhere or if, if I had a flash of genius or something and, and made this up, but, like for guys, having sex with women is like putting together IKEA furniture. Like there's no instructions. <laughs> you know, you're working. You don't know where everything goes necessarily, and you're working away at it for an hour, and then at the end, you're like, "And eh? she's like, that looks nothing like the picture." You know, so, it's, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's what it was like, and I was and and getting over that too um, was was uh, it, it it takes time, and I and I wish that people had told me that or at least had that conversation to give yourself time give the other person time you know make your make yourself be nicer to yourself and to that other person and and be able to not rush into things you know yeah. so yeah. were there any specific like concrete things that made something click or made something better or any conversations you had or any moments where you were like ah now i'm figuring something out um it was basically just with whoever I'm with at the time, it's it's a feeling of reading their, being able to read the cues in their body. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, you know, I mean, it's something where it's like if you're, you know, if, you, if you're kissing or if you're, you know, going down on someone or, or, some, or something like that, you should be able to have an idea of how their body is reacting to what you're doing and whether it's good or, and that comes with experience because different people react differently. Well, yeah. What what does that mean? You should be able to have an idea because I feel like I have no idea sometimes. Oh, no, no, no. I, okay, so I just spoke about that. Then I what I mean is that that's what. Hmm, how do I phrase this? I mean that whoever it is you're with, I think if you if you've been with them long enough, there comes a point where you can tell if something's not working without them having to expressively vocalize it. That's what I'm saying. Mm, I see. So. I think if I I'm see. with a partner and she, and she says like, you know, I don't like that or that's not doing anything for me, yeah, that's that's fine. I understand that, which means that in our next encounter, I'll make sure that I don't either I don't do that or try something different. But also, her body is is telling me that as well. You know how she reacts, and and that's something that it's it's just comes with experience with that person mm. or whoever it is you're with. Um, that's what I feel like. I mean, it's so much of sex is communication and they yeah. never tell us that because one of the things that I've struggled with and I think a lot of guys struggle with too is that with us, sex is from the get-go associated with power. And that is something that 
you know, lends itself to, it feeds right into the whole toxic masculinity culture. It feeds right into, you know, what we're seeing now with the Me Too movement as well is a result of a lot of that social programming of, of you know, the more, the more girls you have, the bigger man you are. Or like, you know, that this is something where it's, it's a sign of virility or it's, it's just, it's bullshit, essentially. Um, and it's 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 in our mythology too, you know. Like the the knight has to slay the dragon to get the princess, and the princess is <laughs> is something is something that you have to obtain rather than being your own person. And the dragon is usually consent, you know. And <laughs> there's yeah, you know, it's it's that it's that sort of it's that sort of attitude that I think is is it makes it worse for both parties because. You know, as as a woman, you're you feel you know objectified and 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 all that stuff. But as a guy too, you'll never be able to have a giving, loving relationship. You don't get over that hangup. So it should never be about power. It should always be about the the other person. Well, I respectfully disagree because I actually super duper enjoy power play. Oh no, but that's understand. a very yeah. different specific thing. And I right. I actually do think you've made a lot of interesting observations because there is kind of this strange dynamic where it's like, yeah, if a man gets lots of ladies, like he's awesome, but it's like, he's not awesome if he treats them really well. Like it's really, it seems to be this like quantity over quality thing. And I just find that really, really yucky. So it sounds listening to you like, like you have experienced some explicit communication with partners in terms of like what they want and what they don't want. Do you, do you have very much experience like telling your partners what you like or, or do they just seem to kind of know or have you ever had to tell anyone anything specific? Yeah, I've had to tell Will you tell us the specifics of the specifics and also like if you want to work in your own personal preferences, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I can go to that, that uh, what turns you on question. I think that works. Um, I am, this, I'm probably the only guy who's ever going to say this, but I'm not that big a fan of blowjobs. Um, for, I bet you're not the only guy, and that's why I'm so glad you're saying it. Well, because here's why, uh, you know, like whoever I was, with, whoever I was with at the time, um, you know, I asked for it, mm-hmm. and we were going. At, and don't get me wrong, I mean, they feel great, but there's there's three main reasons I don't like it. It's because one, it takes me away from my partner because mm. I'm kind of just lying there like a dead fish, and they're you know down there working away, and and it it I don't. It doesn't. I, I don't like feeling serviced. You know, it just. It just. It's a weird psychological thing for me. Like I'm like, eh, come up here. I want to kiss you. You know, like it's. It's that sort of thing. Um, two, is that it's. You know, if you if you get a blow. If I get a blowjob till I finish, now I'm flaccid and I'm gonna have to like wait ten minutes and before I go again, mm-hmm. and that kind of you know puts a puts a halter on things because. It's, it takes time. Um, and I know that you can do other things while, while that's, you know, recharging, so to speak. But it is something which is, it's kind of annoying. It's like, uh, uh, it's over. You know, like it, I have that feeling with it. And yeah. the third, and, yeah, and the third reason is it tickles. Like. What? It, yeah, it tickles. And I have a, I have a weird like muscular contraction in my abdomen if it goes on for too long. Oh, and. Wow. And so I just kind of collapse into giggling fits. And no, and so now you have, you know, a six foot tall hairy Indian dude giggling like a schoolgirl on your mattress. And it's, it kind of just, yeah, 
I'm like, this is, am I at the comedy hour now? Like, wow. it, it, it's very, it's, it's weird. And that's why, you know, once in a while, it's okay. And for a little bit, it's okay. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the regular, on the regular. Do you mind if I ask uh, you some specific questions? Sure. Like, it's possible for it to be ticklish, but you can also come? Um, usually it's, usually the tickles happen after, uh, actually, I, I don't know, actually, I've never, usually the tickles, like once the tickles start, I kind of have to stop because I'm like, I can't, like, it's, it's weird. Yeah, um, yeah. my body goes through tickle phases, like, right. like certain days I will be so, so ticklish in weird places too. Like sometimes right. just like side boob or like a, a random rib that is not ticklish. Otherwise, right. sometimes the like little crease in my leg, like the V crease that like points down to the vagina, I call that my number one tickle spot, really? my number one tickle spot. And I warn partners that if they go there, like they may get kicked. Like if they, <laughs> if they are not judicious, it, it's so powerful that I can have reactions where I like literally yeah. can't control like what my body will, yeah. it's not, not like kicked, but like maybe like a hip thrust that will be like a pelvic bone to their face. <laughs> You know, like, because oftentimes they think it's so funny to, like, lick their kiss there. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's, like, so powerful. And so, like, when I start to get really ticklish, I don't know. Like, it, for me, it feels orgasm blocking because I, like, yeah, focus. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, I think, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the same for me, too. Because, yeah, if I get into a tickle, into a giggle fit, that kills the mood pretty quick. (laughs) What about your balls? Are they... Do they like to be touched or played with, or are they ticklish too? Or no, not, not so much. How do you feel about like no. sucking, licking, squeezing? Are they? Yeah, I've never really gone in that direction. Oh, okay. um, but yes, I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't know. Okay. okay. But yeah. But in terms of, uh, I think the other question he had was cunnilingus. And so I enjoy, many questions. I enjoy the fact that you used the scientific term for cunnilingus, but not for <laughs> blowjob. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I don't know, because I because what's what's a girl blowjob called? I was trying to figure this out. No, right, you're right. Um, <laughs> and I actually didn't know what cunnilingus was. I mean, I knew that you know I knew what the act was, but I didn't know that that's what that name referred to. Um, do you know that? Do you know? Yeah. Do you know that a Saturday, that Saturday Night Live skit where they're like. Christopher Walken plays a, a Civil War general called Colonel Angus. And so they're like, oh, it's Colonel Angus. Everybody <laughs> loves Colonel Angus. <laughs> so it was, yeah. It wasn't until a bunch later that I understood that skit. But anyway. That would have uh, flown over my head for sure yeah, until like but, last uh, year. I'm, I'm completely for it. I mean, I think that um, as a guy, if you're having sex with a woman and you're not willing to do that, then you're doing a disservice to your partner. Mm-hmm. because it's something which and also you know that lady who gave us the, the horrifying std talk she she mentioned like hey girls can you find your clitoris you can't find your clitoris you can't see it uh or you can't see it sorry and i was like what the hell is a clitoris and so they she didn't really go beyond that um as far as i recall i mean my memory is a little spotty but huh. yeah i mean i feel that that is very that's key to to any kind of if you want to be a giving partner I think you, a guy has to be willing to do that at least. Unless the woman doesn't like it. I mean, that's, that's a different, because everyone's different. Yeah. But it is something that, you know, I'm all for it. And, uh, it, and it also takes practice. So. I mean, I'm still learning. I've only gone down on a few female-bodied people. And, like, I, like, that's a thing where I just, like, have to check in because I'm just, like, I, I know what I like. And it doesn't 
even right. though I am a woman, somehow it doesn't line up in my brain. Like I don't, that, just because I know what feels good does not mean I know what to do with my tongue or fingers or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get so nervous sometimes and just like, I don't know. Um, do you enjoy, like, is it fun for you? Do you enjoy, like, is it, or is it just like, oh, there, here's the, it's my turn to do the thing or like, do it's like, what's fun, it? It's fun when it succeeds. <laughs> it succeeds. Like, Wait, what's, um, what, let's define a success. Is a success an orgasm? orgasm? Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's too much pressure. What if there's enjoyment in the doing it? I'm just throwing that idea out there for the world. <laughs> Cause I no, my, cannot, I'm like you where like, if someone's like pressuring me to orgasm, I can't enjoy it. Because right. I feel like I feel, I do have a thing around being able to receive in general with everything. And so that for so long translated sexually. And it was only in the past year and a half or so that I could calm my brain down enough to be like, oh yeah, I can have an orgasm from a mouth. Great. Right, right. I mean, it's, I understand what you mean. It's, it's something where I feel in, you know, whoever I'm with is, because is, guys can come so quickly. It doesn't take much for us. Well, at least for for me, it's, you know, it's, it's not something that is, there's no science to it necessarily. You just, yeah. But if for, I feel like for whoever I'm with, I, I, I feel a responsibility that they should enjoy it, the, the whole thing as much as I should. Mm. And, you know, and I feel, and yes, I have had instances where I've been like, are you there yet? Like, <laughs> and I can understand how annoying that is because I was told eventually by whoever I was with at the time. Um, but how like, would you know otherwise? Like you literally, right. how would you right. know? And that's, that goes back to what I was talking about earlier is that when you're with someone for long enough, you eventually start to be able to read whether the effect that you're intending is, is actually occurring. And I think that happens after having a conversation about it or after having verbal cues. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of experience and leaving oneself open to that and open to having that communication that's nonverbal, I think is, int- is, is important, but it requires absolute surrender. Yes. And in whatever, uh, if, you know, if I'm performing oral sex on whoever I'm with and they're, and they're giving me instructions, I follow those instructions. Like, you know, go harder, go softer, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, also other stuff that turns me on, like there's a, I actually looked this up yesterday in preparation for this because I read it years ago. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a poem by a Muslim poet, um, called Nasik from, I think 18th century Lucknow, which I think is now in part of Pakistan, but he wrote, I'm a lover of breasts like, like pomegranates, therefore plant no trees, but these beside my grave. And it's, it's like a little, little love poem. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much sums up my, my sentiments. Uh, I think, yeah, I, it's, it's the classiest way I can say I heart boobies. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah. And also, um, it, you know, there's, a, you can't underestimate the power of kissing. I mean, it's such a primordial act. Yeah. You know, I mean, once again, I don't remember where I read this or maybe I'm making it up. I don't know, but somebody said that the origin, I read somewhere that the origins of kissing are when, uh, when we were apes, like mothers would have to transfer food to their children through their mouths. And mm. that's where the whole affection thing began. It was, it was a primal, it was, it's a primal act. And that to me is, is I'm very meat and potatoes when it comes to being turned on. Like I love being, I love being kissed. I, what kind of kisses I, do you like? Like, tell me like, 
And it doesn't well, have to be like, here's your formula, but like, no. what are what are some things that you like really? I want two packs. I want two packs. <laughs> no. uh, two packs, uh, one tongue, one little lip bite, and a little smooch. Yeah, there you go. That's the recipe. Um, yeah, and then for me, it's like, uh, I like, I like deep kisses, but I also like little small pecks too. Okay. By um, deep kisses, does that mean tongue in each other's mouths? Because like I've yeah. had partners that want to only give tongue, but they never want my tongue in their mouth or some oh, no, of them really like... All, I'm all in. Yeah. yeah. Both ways? I'm all in. Yeah, both ways. I'm all in. And it's, we kind of just, and you know, whoever I'm with at the time, we kind of just take it as we go. And, Are you... you know, more of a top lip or bottom lip kisser or are you like a sideways mouthy switcher have you seen my lips i could like i could swallow a, a united states destroyer with these with these i mean giant... yeah, you, you have big lips and that's nice, <laughs> yeah. but like how do you like to use them oh that's true um i kind of just i kind of just go with there's i really don't have a preference i kind of just go with the flow I'm like, really curious because I got told by my first boyfriend that I was a bad kisser. So now I'm like, okay. That's, that's, uh, that's a good sign to break up with said boyfriend. Um, I mean, we, we're very good friends now, but he, and he tells, he's like, you were a weird kisser. I was like, you were a weird kisser. You, I'm not me. It was you. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, my first kiss was, remember that scene in Return of the Jedi where Jabba the Hutt licks Princess Leia? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was basically what it was like because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I had no idea what it was. Like, and so it was like, and we were both that way because it was both of our first kiss. And it was just like, where, wait, since, where did that idea come from, though? I'm so curious. Like, a movie? Like, that's not well, how no, the Little Mermaid. No, no, we were just hot and heavy. Like, we were just, okay. we just went for it. That's amazing. Um, but no, it, with kisses, I mean, I do like, I do like small kisses too, but those usually are the encore from the big smooch, all in smooch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that. And I also just, and also this is kind of more emotional. Like I just love being naked with the part, whoever I'm with. Yeah. Because, and it's not so much, it's not so much physical. It's, it's just the fact that you're, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing somebody and you're being seen and you know the power of a look and just just cuddling you know is yeah. is enough and it's something that because you know i'm i kind of have a i kind of have a weird i mean you can't tell here but i have a weird body because i have i'm very top heavy and i have these tiny ass little legs legs and so it's it's kind of like it's kind of like this um and those are imperfections that you know they're mine but it's something that i love being able to and and to share with whoever I'm with at the time and to see them too as, yeah. as who they are. Um, and it's, and you know, that's, I know some people, you know, like to have their partner dress up as Kaiser Wilhelm and, and yell at them in Polish, but like, it doesn't, <laughs> but it's <laughs> but for me, I'm very meat and potatoes. So that's, that's what turns me off. I love that. Can I share a thought that I have about nakedness? Sure. I would love to share this. First of all, I think your body's perfect i haven't seen it naked but okay thank you (laughs) but the word imperfection hurts my heart because i think that clothes literally make all all of us look uglier i think every Uh person is more attractive when they're naked like and i started this theory when i was taking a pole dancing class and obviously Mm -hmm. also like people are becoming embodied and they're like moving and there were some like just all different kinds of body shapes and sizes, everything you can imagine. And people, mm-hmm. you know, people that when they put on clothes, it's like clothes are made to look a certain way 
on mm-hmm. a certain type of person. Like they're literally right. created for fit models. Like I live in the fashion right. district of downtown LA. So I see beautiful women walking around all the mm-hmm. time. And so I, I literally feel like everyone gets prettier or like hotter when they're, when they're right. naked. And it's not just a sexual thing. It's just like, ah, you, like you said, it's like being seen. And that's mm-hmm. what I love. I also don't like how clothes feel. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I should probably not have said imperfections. I meant quirks. I know. I'm pointing it out to you because right. I, don't want, no, I want right. everyone I, to love their body and being no, naked. I mean, I, and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. But it is, I, yeah, I mean, that is something that I, yeah, I probably should have clarified. But, and so thank you for pointing that out because I know that words do matter when we describe ourselves. Yeah. It's uh, just the clothes. Lot. They didn't make the perfect clothes for you. That's, that's, all, <laughs> that's the only problem. No. You just need I'm a tailor. A, you I'm need your sweat- own personal tailor. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sweatpants and sweatshirts kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's that. And also, it's that level of intimacy is just, because so much of it is mental. And that's something that we were never talked to about, too. Yeah. Uh, so much of sex is mental. And even masturbation, so much of it is mental. Yeah. Um, and to the point where, you know, there's there's been, you know, with whoever I'm with, you know, if... if if I get too into, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, if we're thrusting and then I, and then I'm really in the moment and present, I sometimes mm-hmm. have to disassociate myself from what's happening because if I, because if I stay on there, I'll, I'll come too soon. Oh, like, I know that. So, so, you know, there's been moments where like, you know, we're going at it and I'm thinking about the Russian revolution. <laughs> so, that, so that you know my partner or whoever i'm with can have a, an enjoyable experience and i think that's really important uh, to just to know about uh, well that's just me but it, well not important i'm sorry but uh oh, I um i yeah. love i agree with you i love it i well i experience it a little bit differently but um when i was with my master we're uh he'll he'll do this thing where he edges me sometimes and Uh like and I'm not allowed air quotes allowed to come but it's this like it's almost like I don't think of the Russian revolution and I'm not turn off but I go to this like deep mental state that's like maybe even deeper like I do meditate like I'm the Los Angeles hippie now like I I do but it's like this weird I don't know it reminds me of what you're saying but it's like this heightened turn on to that state Right. But like then I can I can numb out sometimes because I'll yeah. get like so overly turned on and then I'll be like, my orgasm's gone. I don't know. But then yeah. sometimes I'll do it for so long and then I'll be like, okay, now I'm allowed. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I love, I love that, that edging. I don't know if you feel the same way, but after I, after I, you know, started having a sex life, porn just became hilarious because you were like, this is obviously fake. Like, there's no way. I, it depends on the porn for me, but there is so much porn that when I watch it, I just can't help but think about the filmmaking. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask this when we were talking about balls. So you said not so much into that, but so so any butt stuff? Do you have any experience with no, butt stuff I'm, either I'm, direction? I'm, no, I'm really, uh, I'm really against that because, well, for me personally, because it's kind of like a sensitive area and it's not something that I want people poking around in mm-hmm. and also the hilarity of somebody being like oh look i found the carrot you had for lunch you know like so it's something that, <laughs> that has never <laughs> happened to me i'm just saying i know i'm just yeah i'm just giving you a metaphor but yeah it's it's not something i mean you know kind of personal medical history but i've had rectal exams in the doctor's office oh yeah and yeah. they are yeah, they are not comfortable and it's not something that i want to explore you know just going into like stuff that turns me off 
Um, anything, I, I know that, you know, you're, you're into the BDSM world, but anything related to violence is something that yeah. I'm strictly against because I know there are people out there who have rape fantasies, uh, which is an extreme or who have, um, you know, other types of, of uh, like autoerotic asphyxiation, stuff like that. Yeah, no. That's a hard no for me because mostly because of the fact that I never want to be in a place where I'm intimate with someone. And my biggest concern is that, and this is going to sound like a humble brag, but it's kind of true. And I'm, I'm not saying this to brag, but I sometimes don't, yeah, I'm sometimes don't know my own strength. Yeah. And it's something where I never want to be in a position where I might accidentally hurt someone, yeah. even if they're like, do it. You know, I'm like, I'm, I, it's not something that I want to do. And other stuff like basic stuff, like if you smoke cigarettes, I'm sorry, done deal. Like deal not breaker. A, I don't think it's a yummy kiss. Um, <clears throat> no, it's, you although, might as well. I mean, I can't even be on an elevator with somebody who just smoked a cigarette. I will say when I used to drink, I loved the smell of cigarettes. Like when oh, I was, really? when I was a little, and I was never a big drinker cause I was such a lightweight, but like, and I can't drink anymore cause my immune system sucks. But, yeah. um, but I like wanted to kiss cigarette <laughs> when I was drunk. Or I okay, like, so there, like there's happy drunks. Yeah. There's happy drunks, there's angry drunks, and then there's you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a please touch me drunk. Like I'll, like I'll just like to pet anything. Like I don't, I, my boundaries are so much wider than most people, especially when it comes uh, to touches. I'm like, yeah, you can touch. Yes, you can touch my naked body. Oh no, I'm, I'm done. Like I don't need anything right, else. Right. But that's good. <laughs> it's yeah. And uh, smokers, cause you might as well be kissing an ashtray and yeah. there's, uh, and you know, if you're like a Nazi or a clan member, although like, yeah. although, you know, I will say that, if a clan member wakes up next to me and they're like, you know, that was so good. Maybe I'll rethink this whole racism thing. You know, you would be I'm, like doing yeah. a service to the world. Yeah, you exactly. Do- if orgasms can cure racism, I'm willing to be the Martin Luther King Jr. of that movement. Yeah. <laughs> let's cure, let's cure racism. Let's, I, really, I actually really do think that solving a lot of sexual issues will make the world a better place, which is why I want right. to talk about this more. I also want to clarify, I don't, I'm very scared of watching people get hit. So I enjoy being hit, like mm-hmm. sexually. And the couple times that I have in person, like witnessed, particularly impact play, weirds me out. Mild torture, or like watching someone get roped up and strung upside down, like right. that's very beautiful. I've been in a space a couple times where I don't like seeing women get right. hard, even if it's by another woman. Like it freaks right. me out. And the there's. Porn- and- Porn too. I watched a little bit and I was like, I don't know if I'm turned on. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. There's way too much of that out there in the world that's that's you know actually damaging without it being stimulated. I think I, mean, I really need the clear frame of like, yes, this is consensual. Like because otherwise, right. I, Like my brain, even when I know it is, like there was a couple that I was with where like they were so consensual and I was so happy right. to be with them. Oh, but that also like part of the terror in watching that was like, oh my god, that's gonna be me next. Oh. Oh yeah, it looks painful. <laughs> yeah, and also with cons- with consent, you know, like one of the things that I think that I really wish that I had had uh, that any that we'd had in our sex ed- sex ed class, well, other than it being addressed at all, is the idea that you can't convince someone to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not consent. Mm-mm. And you see it in society. You see it in our pop culture a lot. Where oh, the guys oh like, oh, come on, Mandy, like, it'll be cool. And then she's like, yeah. all right, fine. You know, like, and yeah. then you're like, oh, yeah, he did it. And so it's something where, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like those conversations are really important to be had. Yeah. And I wish they'd done that in our sex ed, too. Um, 
but I yeah, and you mean wait. you know. Yeah, I can't so. wait till filmmaking reflects that because, like, as much as I love Han Solo and Princess Leia, like that's not a cool seduction. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> like, it's not. And then, like, not just that, but Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh like, yeah. This dude is just riding oh, yeah. around the forest. Like, oh look, a chick. Well, let me just kiss her, and she's like, "Oh, my prince." Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. That I'm me so off. so over those. <laughs> I saw a great meme where. It's the shot of the prince kissing Snow White, except he, right before he's kissing her, she, she stabs him in the neck. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, have you ever read The Paper Bag Princess? No. Oh my God. Everyone in the world, please go find this book. I will, I'll put a link to it somewhere. It's The Paper Bag Princess. It's a, it's a children's book, but basically this princess, I think she gets captured by a dragon and... Basically, the prince, like, she escapes or something and goes back to the kingdom to marry the prince she was supposed to marry. And he's like, ew, you're stinky and wearing a paper bag. And then I think he gets stolen by the dragon and she can save him. And he's like, I love you now. Let's get married. She's like, no, thanks. Like, I I might be getting the details wrong, but I read that growing up and I just loved Uh it. Neil Gaiman recently wrote a story um, that was illustrated too. It's an illustrated small book. Uh, It's Sleeping Beauty, except from... It has a feminist twist to it, where the knight is actually a woman. Okay. And, yeah, Wait. and it's yeah, and it's it's very interesting. Like uh, he he played with that notion of uh, of Sleeping Beauty really well. So you can check that out. There's a number of books that I, I really love that kind of address a lot of the issues that we're talking about. Cersei, if you've ever read that, with Madeline Miller. I have not. Um, it's it's the and since you're into astrology and stuff, like maybe you'll find it interesting. But it's the it's maybe the would, maybe it's, it's my perfect book. No, it's it's the Odyssey told from the from the point of view of Circe, okay, who was who was one of the witches that Odysseus met on his yeah. on his quest home. Yeah, it's very interesting, and it's yeah, it's it's a fascinating book. But yeah, but anyway, back to our cool. back to our regular schedule programming. Okay. Well, I think, okay. I do want to ask, we're, we're rounding our home stretch here. Um, rounding our home stretch. No, what's the, rounding the bend, making a home stretch. I don't know. Sports. Coming around the, coming around the coming mountain around the as bend. we come. Here we come. Here we come indeed. <laughs> um, not actually we're, I mean, I'm not masturbating right now. Are you? No, I have no? both my hands up. Okay. For that yeah, reason. you're right. I can see both your hands. Um, <laughs> What would your family think if they heard that, like, in, in a fantasy world that does will never exist, if they heard this and knew it was you, like, how would they react? I think my mom would probably faint or something <laughs> like that. Uh, how would you react? Yeah, I, well, like, if I knew that they heard about it. Like, if, yeah, like, if you're, like, standing in a room, like, like maybe this is how someone's torturing you for an hour. Like, they're playing <laughs> podcast with you and your yeah, parents in the same room. I don't think I don't think I'd be able to to stand it cuz you know it's I mean my parents are pretty progressive but this is one area that that, that we've never talked about and yeah. it's not yeah. something that I I'm either I'm not comfortable exploring with them either yeah. because they had an arranged marriage and um it's something that I mean I've had aunts and uncles who've had love marriages so to speak but mm-hmm. it's 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 one of those things in our society that's never discussed I mean one of here's an example when I was a kid in India, uh, there were no female hygiene commercials on te- on television, what? like what? at all. And it was, and this is the first time that I going back to India a couple of weeks ago. This is the first time that I can recall seeing like a maxi pad commercial in India. Holy so, cow! And if you think sex ed is bad here, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's you know you can't change. A, a, well. 
we had a very progressive and you know one of the things about the Kama Sutra that people don't realize is that the Kama Sutra all the sexual positions and stuff that's only one chapter out of a 36 page book and the rest of it deals with spirituality and and proper living and relationships between people that's amazing but yeah but when Europeans came in they were like make pictures all right we're going to plaster this everywhere and so it was you know the the kind of and there's sex in our mythology like Shiva who's the who's the god of destruction and renewal and and he also hangs out with demons which is kind of metal but there's a there's there's a legend about him and his wife parvati and he had sex with her for a thousand years before ejaculating and and this is this is built into our mythology like this is something that's part of our our and you know our gods and goddesses are always being you know being not traditionally Victorianly sexual. And it's just, it's weird to me that that's been stamped out to an, to an extent that it has yeah. because it's never discussed. Hmm. That's bizarre. Yeah. Okay. If you could go back and give a younger version of yourself sex advice, what age and what would you say? I would probably pick the time when I was about 21, 22, honestly, because that's when all my schooling stuff was done and I had, a, I had a bigger opportunity. One of the things that I would talk about would be it's not a competition. Like you don't get points. It's not something which, you know, you should be being like, oh, this is, I better do this. And I mean, I wanted to have sex because I thought I was missing out. And I thought I was, I thought I was not living. And, you know, I had a horrific car accident when I was 22 and, you know, my leg was spliced open and I was kind of, you know, I I learned how to walk again and all that. And so I came out of that with a feeling like I have to do something about this because otherwise it's like I I haven't lived or, you know, things like that. And I wish that pressure, I didn't put that pressure on myself because it it also, you know, you you start you start behaving differently and it's it was a pretty ugly place and so what i would tell myself is that i mean i didn't like the person i was becoming and it was something that i what i would tell myself is that it's not a competition you have to it it takes immense courage to be able to confront your own feelings about things and that's not something that people are being able to do and it also takes immense courage to be able to have those conversations with other people but in order for yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I would, I feel like if I were, if I just wanted to have sex and have that experience, then I would have, then, then I would tell myself to seek out people who are within that same mindset, mm-hmm. you know, rather than be like, I better get into a relationship quickly because otherwise, right. you know, right. Yeah. And so it's, it's something, it's something that is really, it's tough. It's a tough conversation to have, but that's what I would tell myself. And also the fact that, you know, it's not about getting the princess because I was raised not explicitly, but subliminally and culturally into that alpha male BS mode. And I would tell my, and that's what I would tell him. I was like, listen, take time to understand who you are, what your relationship is with this thing. Have those conversations with people that want to have them and are open to having them. And, and that's so difficult because what you were saying in your podcast, like you didn't know how to communicate. And I didn't, I didn't have the tools and I, I wasn't brave enough to seek them out either. Yeah. So you just basically took the path of least resistance and it just becomes something that, 
you know, become, you just fall into that toxicity. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't know yeah. where, where were we supposed to seek them out? Like it was you right. know, books at that point. Now, now. now I, I remember when I was, when I was going through my puberty thing, like, I didn't know what to do. So I went to the library like a good little nerd. And yeah. I picked out a book that said, why is my body changing? And that was the first time I realized that there was a penis vagina thing. I was like, wait, this thing has a secondary purpose? Like wow. it was, it was, it was like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I would just have that conversation with myself because it's something that I think is, was missing from my formative years. And I wish that somebody had, had sat down and, and told me that mm. you know, to take that time for yourself and, and to be, res- and uh, yeah. And, and to be with that other person, just really be with them. You know? but, Love yeah. that. Okay. Do you have a fantasy you want to share with us? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it would be, I would love to have a threesome with two other women. I mean, I think that would be, <laughs> I feel like there'd be a lot of coordination involved because I'd be like, you know, okay, you go over there because every, everybody should have a good time and somebody has to be the giver, somebody has to be the receiver. And I, I don't know what your experience has been, but that would be really nice. But it'd have to be with people that, you know, I like and I trust and who like me. And, yeah. you know, we all, and of course, that whole, that whole conversation has to happen first. But where do you seek these people out? Like you've, you know, when I've, when I've looked at, when I've listened to your, your episode, you talk about having these experiences. Is there like a, is, oh, is there like a, no, I don't know how to seek them out because I'm yeah. a person that like, I like walk through the world and people talk to me and I engage with them. Like the, the Kiki couple that I met, I met them at a dungeon open house. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've never been to a dungeon. And then I was like researching dungeons in Los Angeles. And I was like, Oh, there's one near me. And just about a year ago, last January, it was having an open house so that people could come see the space. And I was like, I guess I'll go. And then I got there and I was like, what am I doing? This is a party. I'm a single woman at this party. Like my, like my dom is married and we're, we're like on again, off again, but like we still talk. I don't know. Um, so I was there alone and I would like looked around out of the corner of my eyes. And then I was like, picked a person, a dude who was single and I made eye contact. And then he immediately, cause he looked non-threatening and he was, but it's like, literally, if I walk through the world, there's just people that want to talk to me. And then I ended up meeting this couple there. They actually oh, yeah. came to rescue me from him because he then, like, he was like, I found a pet. I don't want to let her go. Yeah. Um, you know, he he was very friendly. He was overly friendly. And okay. and it's like, on the one hand, he encouraged me to crawl inside of this cage that I was, like, very interested in exploring, but probably would have been too shy without someone, like, being like, no, it's okay. You can try stuff out. Um, but then I also was like, you're, you're not my dom. Like, you can't. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to be spanked? And I was like, I do. Yeah, just once. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, get, I get myself into those situations. Um, right. And, oh, yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and I am very open. So, I'm always like, I'll see what happens. And I've been in some very well-organized threesomes and some that were not organized very well. And it's sort of just like, I don't know. Like, sometimes my first one, I just didn't know how to communicate. But I was with friends. And then... Yeah later on it was, yeah i'm not that experienced but i just have a, f- a few solid ones and yeah. some repeats some repeats yeah yeah i don't know i am i am con- contemplating getting into the like world of swiping or like more online things and it's very well you mean like dating apps yeah i don't know um, <laughs> maybe yes i don't know I've that is really what had, i mean but i'm scared I've never of really it had success with any of that so 
but I'm scared of it. Yeah, but I yeah, feel it's, it's weird. Dudes never like I hear dudes don't, and then chicks do. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Lastly, mm-hmm. you can ask me any sex question you like. Um, I'm curious. Like, when did you have a, your first orgasm, and did you know what it was? I don't remember the specifics. I want to guess. I would guess I was around 10 and I had read about it in a book. Like okay. I, I remember being very young and I definitely had read about orgasms. And I, mm-hmm. I, I actually for a long time would read the word incorrectly. And I thought it was okay. an organism, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Just because my brain will like flip letters sometimes. And yeah, my first orgasms, I didn't touch inside of my vagina until I was maybe in college, maybe past college. I was always like touching on the skin around, not even mm-hmm. my inner lips, like outer lips. And I, my first orgasms were I would put my, this is too much information, I would squish my two pointer fingers together and wiggle it back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I was like playing with my clitoris through a bunch of skin folds. And now that I'm right. an adult and I know how my body works, it's because my Clitoris can be extremely sensitive, and direct stimulation is not right. an okay thing for me. So, and, and like one final question for you: What does yeah. sexual freedom mean to you? I don't know. You don't know. I mean, that's I mean, a I think, Well, no, I, I think I think if I had to give an answer, it's something about um, really taking pleasure in my body in an empowered way. Right, and that's what I've been moving more toward as I very stumbly practice my communication around sex because I still get very, I still get so nervous with new partners. I am like kind of broken up with my master right now, but I still want to see him because I'm deeply attached and I am deeply sad because we can't have a real relationship and I fell in love with him too much. And so that's, uh-huh. ooh, I'm, I'm breaking my own rule. I'm veering into relationship, not sex territory. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a blurred line anyway. In this, in this case, it is because it's like, I want the sex. That sex for me that I've had with him is like transcendent. Like it is, oh. it's what I imagined. Like it's what <clears throat> I fantasized sex could be like when I was a kid not with hitting or anything, but I don't feel the pain. It's something about the stimulation of all of the sensory. You saw it through the fabric of the universe. Yeah. I I mean, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but it's amazing. And it lasts for hours. And I don't understand because it's not not like he's fucking me for hours, but the whole thing, like he creates an experience. So I don't know. Yeah. I think I just, I think I just really want to enjoy my body while I'm alive in it because what else do we have bodies for? That's one of my, I mean, there are probably lots of other things too, but I don't know. At the end of the day, like, yes, we need to earn money and eat food, but also we need to have orgasms, I think. I mean, not, not at, we don't need to laugh and to live and to be asexual people. And I want to, their experience is important too. So, (laughs) yeah. And also like, you know, just, just finally, I'm just going to leave you with a kind of a mushy thing. Yeah. Is that you're like, what you're doing is really brave. And I don't know if you ever feel down or anything like that, but if you ever do, just know that, like, you are loved, you are admired, and you are awesome. So thank you. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. We are recording this. I just want to tell you and everybody, we're recording this on January first, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. I'm not sure when I'm going to release it yet because I'm getting through this week. Let's hope the government shut down in soon. I know. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Calling for dinner, so I probably would need to skedaddle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us.